Welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast with your hosts, Alex Harris. And with them, as always, are Tim Garner and Matt Paul. You're really turning the heat up in this Chili's. <laughs> well, it's all the skillets. <laughs> all, the fi- all the fajitas. It's all the fajitas. The fajitas. Yeah. <laughs> From Dragon Ball Z. All those fajitas. <laughs> Do you guys want to split an appetizer? What do you feel like? I mean, mozzarella sticks always. They don't have them Mas anymore. All they right, that's anymore, right. Yeah. They don't have that and the chicken fried steak chicken no chicken well, they chicken have chicken fried, fried steak chicken. they don't have yes yeah. they do not have country fried chicken <laughs> all it's right country fried chicken excuse yeah. me yeah it's unfortunately gone the way of the dinosaur I and know. the gravy the white gravy the way of the country fried dinosaur i never got to find <laughs> out what that gravy is i, I should ask oh someone. it's a country gravy it's it's a milk based i gravy. could make some guesses if you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> Are you implying that this that this neighborhood Chili's is up to nefarious deeds? Uh, I mean, I mean, wouldn't you be if you worked at Chili's? <laughs> I, wow! Wow! Okay, we know a little bit more about Matt. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, <laughs> anyway, hello and welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast. If you hear any commotion in the background, it's because we are coming to you live from Chili's in Braintree, Massachusetts. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm Alex Harris. I'm an independent writer slash director. You may know me from my horror movie about an Italian mobster in New Jersey who's murdered and then haunts his favorite deli, the Gabagool. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you can see the Gabagool if you wait until the very end of The Many Saints of Newark, which, unfortunately, I'll admit, even I wasn't interested in doing. Hi, I'm Tim Gardner, man suit actor, contortionist, mime, green suit guy. You may know me from my work in Titan. Oh, shit, did you play the car? No, 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 I'm married. I, I played Vincent's pull-up bar. He got so ripped that he had no trouble doing the pull-ups, so they greased me up to make his hands slip every time he tried. Well, I did also play the Voitia, which is French for car. Do you think Lizzie Fab was offended by all the French jokes we did? I don't know. We'll have to week? find out. I hope so. Send us an email, Lizzie Fab. Get up and then tweet, Liz. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt Paul, and I'm just a guy on a podcast. I'm certainly not a script doctor. And anyone who says I am should make like the victims in my doctored version of the script for Titan 2. Or Tutan, as I called it. And be viciously attacked by a car baby with the power to control and read the minds of cars. Any cars. Even the one you're listening to this podcast in right now. For the record, Julia... Ducournau. Ducournau, I think. Ducournau. Julia Ducournau. No, no, Ducournau. 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 For the record, Julia Ducournau not only said no to my idea, but... Claimed I hadn't even watched the movie, which is fucking bullshit, because I totally did watch it after I doctored the script for the sequel. <laughs> uh, speaking of Titan and being aroused by things that are not actually alive, as I said, we are coming to you live from the sexiest American restaurant chain, Chili's. More specifically, we are in the bar section of the Braintree, Massachusetts location otherwise known as the Salted Rim. The three of us in Chili's go way back. We had several brainstorm sessions for our first film, People Who Eat People, at this very Chili's. We had our production kickoff party here, 
our production wrap party here and our production kickoff party for Kickboxer Abduction, which was nearly sponsored by Bacardi, but never actually went into production. Uh, we couldn't afford to rent the place out or anything. We just we just ate here a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I have the cholesterol levels that my doctor described as holy shit to prove it. If I even look at chicken crispers, you'll probably have to rush me to the hospital. Although now that I think about it, they do sound pretty good right about now. <laughs> oh no, you don't, Tim. I don't want to have to give you CPR again to make Chrissy jealous. Uh, oh yeah, uh, I'd like to introduce everyone to our favorite Chili's employee. But Jennifer doesn't work here anymore, so much like us, you'll have to settle for our third favorite Chili's employee, our waiter, Ellis. Uh, uh, it's Elliot. Elliot. Say hi to everyone, Elliot. Oh, is it? Oh, speaking Okay. Hey, everyone. Uh, and I know what you're all thinking listening to these three knuckleheads. Apparently, we do let anyone in here. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is uh-huh. real funny. Thanks, Elliot. Uh, we still need more time with the menu, by the way. Oh, yeah, of course. I'll be waiting patiently in the corner, staring at you awkwardly. Of course you. Uh, thanks, Elliot, I guess. Um, anyway, I-, I figured we could all share our favorite Chili's memories. What do you say, guys? Oof. That's going to be tough to narrow down. Uh, probably the time I disguised myself as a table to see if you guys would notice, but you didn't. And uh, it was especially weird since you'd think you would have been confused about me not showing up for lunch. But, you know, you guys just kind of went on with your day, ate and left. The casual nature with which you talked about me behind my back, or more accurately, while eating off of plates that were resting on my back, it only haunts me every other waking minute of my life. <laughs> yeah, we're um, we're still sorry about that, Tim. Don't speak for me, Alex. I actually knew the table was you the whole time. So I technically wasn't talking behind your back, just above your back. <laughs> Well, well, I'm certainly sorry, Tim. If it means anything, I was completely fooled by your disguise. You didn't even break when I slammed my fist on your table back when they told me they were taking country fried chicken off the menu. Thank you. I was so convincing. They just placed the chairs on top of me when they closed and locked me inside the restaurant overnight. Uh, <laughs> classic. Uh, what about you, Matt? Probably the time Tim pretended to be a table and I accidentally spilled my sizzling hut fajitas on him. To be fair, Tim... You were a pro. You didn't even flinch. I've learned to disconnect many of my pain receptors over the years, both physical and emotional. Impressive. Yeah, beyond that, maybe the time I got them to change the menu and name their cheeseburgers after you, Alex? I was wondering why they suddenly started calling them Big Mouth Burgers. You'd think I'd be offended, but younger me can't believe they named something at Chili's after me. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, I totally did it for you. Yeah, for me, I I think my favorite Chili's memory is this one right now. Hanging here with you guys and some special guests recording an episode. This is pretty cool. After that, probably all the times I came here and ate literally the the exact same thing for several years. Anyway, uh, thanks again uh, to everyone who came out to our first live show. No one really listens to us, so it's primarily just our friends. But still, we appreciate it. The name of this restaurant is misleading. Anyway, once again, in an affront to the anxiety that is causing my heart to pump faster with every tiny imperfection, we have some corrections from the previous episode. Actually, actually, I'm sorry. Um, It's just so loud in here, I'm having trouble concentrating. I'm sorry to ask, but can everyone just quiet down real quick for the rest of the episode unless we say something funny? Oh, that was easy. Uh, first, uh, during last week's corrections, we mentioned the Batman villain Ra's al Ghul, or Raish al Ghul, as Tim pronounced it. Turns out, 
there's a lot of debate on how to properly say his name. According to one of the character's original creators, Denny O'Neill, Raz is how Raz is pronounced in Arabic. But O'Neill said he once spoke to a professor who claimed it should be Raish. So both pronunciations are used frequently in adaptations. It's Raz in Batman Begins, but Raish in the animated series. And no official consensus exists, unfortunately, so I guess either is fine. Second, I made an off-the-cuff joke about having a long weekend with my mom prior to last week's episode. For the record, I had a great weekend with my wonderful mother. I just had to set up a lot of technical stuff, which, although funny to joke about, was not actually a real problem. It also allowed me to memorize her Apple TV Plus password, so my efforts will probably pay off. Uh, Third, I apologize for all the stereotypical French jokes I made while we were discussing Tatan. Uh, which, or Titan, as I said in the last episode, which apparently is supposed to be pronounced as Tatan. I especially apologize because the movie was French-Belgian, so I probably should have thrown in some waffle jokes or something, too. Um, But again, my apologies to any of our French listeners or any of the people who are very good at French, like Liz Fav. And the fourth thing is that I apologize for effectively everything Gabriel from Malignan said during our Oscars segment, almost none of which was correct. Unfortunately, our friend Gabriel gets confused about things easily. We actually invited Gabriel to Chili's tonight, but apparently he went to Applebee's instead. Ooh, he's going to be really pissed once he realizes it's Applebee's. <laughs> but they have the Bloomin' Onion, I think, right? I think. Oh, oh no, is that, that Outback? Uh, Outback? Oh, that's Outback. That's Sorry. Outback, I think. Bloomin' Onion or whatever it is. <laughs> oh, that's right. Good day. <laughs> Good day. During our... Sorry for all of our Australian listeners. <gasps> During our Tatan discussion, we wondered if the kind of car shows depicted in the movie where, where scantily clad women dance on the hood of cars are things that happen in real life or where they made up for the movie. Based on what we could find, this exact kind of car show does not appear to be common. While models posing with cars or having go-go dancers near cars seems to happen regularly, we couldn't find any real references to girls dancing on hoods at custom car shows. That said, we're not experts. Also related to our Tatan discussion, the other movie by director Julia DeCourneau that involves someone's flesh peeling off was her 2011 short, Junior. I also mentioned the term Anglophile while talking about Tatan and its use of symbolic imagery. I decided Anglophile was probably not the right word, and I was correct that it wasn't the right word, so I don't even think this counts as a correction. Either way, an Anglophile is a person who is fond of or greatly admires England or Britain. I don't know what word I was thinking of, but I'm sure it's Alex's fault. <laughs> For those of you wondering what Tatan's stomach tattoo said, it said, Love is a dog from hell. Amen, sister. <laughs> Finally, I'd like to correct what I said right before we started recording. Elliot, I would like more chips and salsa, please. Thank you. Sure thing, Matt. Man, I dog from hell, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for corrections. Let's move on to some news. Several Will Smith projects have been put on hold in the wake of his infamous Oscars slap. We tried to ask some of the producers involved if this meant we're entering a new stage of Hollywood where poor behavior is discouraged and taken seriously. But they just called us nobodies and spit in our face. Despite overwhelmingly negative reviews, Jared Leto's Morbius came in first place with nearly $40 million during its first weekend, guaranteeing that Sony will learn nothing about releasing messy, unwanted cash grabs. Seriously, like, could people have just maybe not seen this one and taught them a lesson? Uh, I mean, 
I don't know what I I don't know what I expected. Moonfall is going to be released on 4K, Blu-ray, and digital on April 26th. To promote the physical release, Amazon is going to fulfill orders by crashing them through the atmosphere and destroying your house. For a good cause. <laughs> Putting that space stuff to a good use, Mr. Bezos. Ghost in the Shell director Rupert Sanders is going to direct the long-delayed The Crow reboot with Bill Skarsgård set to star. I don't understand why they're rebooting something that's effectively perfect. How could they possibly top The Crow 2 City of Angels? Seriously. I had Trini from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. In her Rangers final in. role. Yeah. She's dead? She, she died shortly after Crow 2, yeah. I believe it was a motorcycle. I believe so, oh, yeah. Wow. Isn't that Trini. messed up? It's yeah. sad. Yeah, it sucks. Jim Carrey says he wants to retire from acting. No word on whether or not he's ready to retire from overacting. Ooh, Ooh hot take, hot take. <laughs> Michael Bay says he made too many Star Wars movies. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you, for some reason, you said Star Wars. I don't know why, but that, that made it funnier. <laughs> Michael Bay says he made too many Transformers movies. He did everything he could to get away from the franchise, but no matter how many racist Transformers, Mark Wahlbergs, or creepy, specifically informed older boyfriends he put in, they just kept rehiring him. He tried his best. I mean, really, if you look at the series from the perspective of someone trying to get fired, they make a lot more sense. (laughs) A sequel to Adam Wingard's The Guest has been released in the form of a new original soundtrack. It's still unclear if we will ever get an actual sequel to The Guest, just like we may never get a sequel to 1991's Terminator 2. Well, I mean, actually, we kind of got several. We may just have to wait forever, Tim. You're right. I'm sorry. I must have been misinformed. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 producers say the sequel is the beginning of a new cinematic universe. Hopefully this means it crosses over with two crude dudes. Hell yeah. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. (laughs) And that maybe some internal champions in there, too. Pulp Fiction stars Samuel L. Jackson and Uma Thurman are reuniting in the new comedy thriller The Kill Room. Producers plan to recapture the magic of Pulp Fiction by never having them in the same scene at the same time. So many headlines. They're like, these people are reuniting. It's like, they they technically were never together. They were. (laughs) So funny. All right, that's it for news. Let's move on to new releases. New in theaters is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. When the manic Dr. Robotnik returns to Earth with a new ally, Knuckles the... The Echidna. (laughs) Echidna? I never knew what he was. With a new ally, Knuckles the Echidna, Sonic and his new friend Tails is all that stands in their way. The comedy action adventure is directed by Jeff Fowler. It stars Ben Schwartz, Jim Carrey, James Marsden, Tika Sumter, Shamar Moore, and Natasha Rothwell. Isn't Idris Elba the voice, too? They didn't put him in there? Isn't that weird? Yeah. That's so weird. So we huh. should make that amended. Idris Elba is Knuckles the Echidna. <laughs> uh, new in theaters this week is Ambulance. Two robbers steal an ambulance after their heist goes awry. The drama is directed by Michael Explosions Bay <laughs> and is written by Chris Fiedak, which is based on the Danish film Ambulancen by Lawrence Munch-Peterson and Andreas Peterson. <laughs> It stars Jake Gyllenhaal, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, Yaisa Gonzalez, Garrett Dillahunt, Keir O'Donnell, and Olivia Stambulia. I love that it's Ambulancen. 
<laughs> wow. A new Sonic movie and a new Michael Bay movie in one weekend. Is it my birthday? Did someone say birthday? Attention, Chili's. Today, Alex is turning. Oh, well, I'm gonna guess 50. 50? Happy birthday from the Chili's crew. We wish it was our birthday, so we can party too. Hey! Happy birthday, Alex! Was this live episode a bad idea? <laughs> yes, it was. New in select theaters and on Amazon Prime is All the Old Knives. Two CIA operatives and former lovers reunite at idyllic Carmel by the Sea to re-examine a mission six years ago in Vienna where a fellow agent might have been compromised. The thriller is directed by James Marsh. It stars Chris Pine, Tandiwe Newton, Jonathan Price, Lawrence Fishburne, Gala Gordon, and Corey Johnson. New on streaming in Blu-ray is Agent Game. A CIA officer finds himself the target of a rendition operation after being scapegoated for the death of an interrogation subject. The action thriller is directed by Grant S. Johnson. It stars Mel Gibson, Dermot Mulroney, Rice Coiro, Katie Cassidy, Jason Isaacs, and Barkad Abdi. There you have it. I didn't know most of these movies were coming out. These are useful. (laughs) All right, that's it for new... (laughs) I love this podcast. (laughs) That's it for new releases, which means it's time for... What do we watch this week? This is the future. The world as we know it is gone. Acid rain has left the land barren and the water toxic. Scarred by endless wars, humanity struggles to survive in the ruins of the old world. Frozen in an everlasting nuclear winter. This is the future. This is the year 1997. It came out in 2015, but this week we watched Turbo Kid. In a post-apocalyptic wasteland in 1997, a comic book fan adopts the persona of his favorite hero to save his enthusiastic friend and fight a tyrannical? Tyrannical. How do I not know how to say that word all of a sudden? Tyrannical. Tyrannical? (laughs) Tyrannical? Tyrannical? Overlord. The Canadian superhero comedy is written and directed by Francois Simard, Anouk Wichel, and Johan Carl Wichel, who are collectively known as RKSS. The film stars Monroe Chambers, Lawrence Leboeuf, Michael Ironside, Edwin Wright, Aaron Jeffrey, and Romano Orzari. So, as a warning, I'm sure there will be spoilers as we discuss Turbo Kid, so if you haven't seen it yet, you may want to pause this, watch the movie, and come back. It's currently on the one and only Tubi. Tubi doing the work. (laughs) Otherwise, let's dig right in. So, Matt and Tim, what are your favorite things about Turbo Kid? Um, so yeah, I didn't... I just assumed we were watching an 80s movie because I didn't know anything about this movie, nor have <laughs> ever seen anything. Like, I didn't know anything. Um, So, it was funny when I started watching it, and I was like, well, it is an 80s movie. <laughs> but, yeah, it's so fun. Right? Right? Yeah, it's really great. It is a really fun movie. My favorite things were... The opening credits, all of the <laughs> yeah. music. They just like went through so many fun 80s movies and took out like every little like, you know, 
stereotypically fun 80s action movie thing mm-hmm. and just dropped it into this movie. Oh, hell yeah. Um, BMX is the Yeah, the, the, the slow motion BMX ride that obviously was not the kid doing it. <laughs> um, all the effects were really fun, like the blasts from the yeah. from Turbo Man's, you know. Turbo Man! Turbo Man. Um, oh, yeah, Turbo Kid. <laughs> Turbo Man, Turbo Kid. He can't um, be Turbo Man, but he could be Turbo Kid. Right. He'll be Man someday. <laughs> um, yeah, it was great. I love that, you know, some of them turned out to be robots. I thought that was fun. Yeah. It was very aliens. Like, it oh, was very, robot. A very yeah. alien. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, it's a robot. It was a robot. Surprise the whole robot. Time. Surprise <laughs> robots. Michael Ironside <laughs> living up to his last name. I know, I right? Know. Michael Ironface. <laughs> yeah. It was great. I had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 100% agree. I saw this way back in 2015. Way back. Way, way back. Way back in 2015. You know, when we could four times. Anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, this is, I think, a really good... If you're going to do a pastiche of like a genre or a decade or something, and I think this does pastiche really friggin' well. Because it hits all the right notes in terms of you know, references, they're not, I should say the references, they're not like overtly obvious family guy references, but like it really puts you right. in the f- mindset. Like, yeah. you know, like Matt said, like you thought it would be an 80s movie. Like you knew nothing, but it sounded like an 80s movie to you, right? So it did its job right there and then. Um, like the costume design of Turbo Kid is wonderful, especially for like an independent film. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you got to love working in anything post-apocalyptic because you always find that one gravel pit and that's your whole movie <laughs> uh, <laughs> i know i know i feel like they probably filmed most of this movie in the same like 50 yard area yeah and, and i and, and I, i'm pretty sure they also filmed the music video for one of the tracks in that same 50 yard area i'm sure they um, did, which yeah. acts as a prequel to the movie fun fact I never. I know that they directed a music video too, and I never watched it for some reason. I should. I highly recommend it. Uh, yes, and on speaking of music, uh, the soundtrack, Chef's Kiss, uh, mm. Lematos. Le I believe that is a Quebecois duo, synthwave. Mm. Maybe we'll call them. Yeah, you know, wanting for a better term. Uh, yeah, they did really great. The soundtrack always makes me happy. I feel good. It's an easy, good, feel good uh, soundtrack. It's just, oh man, the gore is fantastic. It's, yeah. Oh yeah, the blood's just <laughs> squirting everywhere. It's, yeah. It's like super gory, but like cartoonically. Exactly. It's, it's very silly. Exactly. And that's that's what's so great about it. That's Yeah. Super gory always has to be cartoonic and just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I'll stop gushing about the movie, Alex. Well, allow me to do the gushing. Oh. Um, <laughs> Much like many of the wounds in this movie, <laughs> I will be gushing. Um, yeah, I this so this may be one of my favorite like modern movies. It, it, I, if I had to pick out like favorite movies, they tend to be movies I saw within the first like twelve or so years of my life. But this is a, a more recent movie that I just adore, and it's. It's the kind of movie I wish I had made. It it has so many of my tastes in it. Um, I love that it's like a, it's almost like 
Peter Jackson before Lord of the Rings making a Mega Man movie or something like that. It, it's <laughs> yeah. so bizarre. Um, I I love that. I love that opening, as you've mentioned, Matt. Uh, the narration from Fred, the Australian guy, is so great, and I love the reveal of this is the year 1997. <laughs> it's just so funny because I remember 1997 being a really futuristic year. It was yeah. used in a lot of movies when we were younger. No it was the year Predator 2 took place in. You know, that there, oh, yeah. that was a really popular year for future. Near future stuff was so close yeah. yet so far. And, and I, I just love that. I love that they made a movie in 2015 set in the future of 1997. It's so great. The, as you said, the score, I, I think the score is fantastic. I listen to that score a lot just randomly because it's just so good. It just feels like it perfectly captures the feeling of being in this like dark nothingness where it should be hopeless, but there's like weird, nice things still. Mm-hmm. Like what for a movie that should be very dour, it's a surprisingly hopeful and optimistic movie, which is impressive. And I think that yeah. and honestly, I think that's what's important about any post-apocalyptic anything. Yeah, like it's meant to be about new beginnings in a way. So why not? Yeah. Yeah. Like I I remember being so surprised by how sweet it is. It's Mm -hmm. just like a sweet movie in in strange ways. And it just the score like, I don't know, it just the score speaks to me. I feel like that music's what I hear in my head randomly sometimes the soundtrack of your life (laughs) right right. just like how cotton is the fabric of your life right right exactly Um, I really like the kid a lot Um, I I liked how wholesome and innocent he was like when he found the naked lady pen he was like kind of like ew (laughs) I thought he was really likable I'm I'm shocked that the actor hasn't blown up more yet he was really great face actor too he (laughs) would do that like action hero getting ready to blast you look really mm. well yeah i i really liked the usage of bikes in this because if you think about that as long as you have flat terrain mm. in a post-apocalyptic world i feel like bikes would be really popular yeah, yeah incredibly rather important. than having to walk everywhere as long as you didn't need to carry a lot i think they would be incredibly popular exactly yeah and they had a bike rack at things and everything it was just so funny um <laughs> The production design, I think, was surprisingly good considering the challenge and um, and the assumed budget. Mm. They did a lot with very little. I, I, another thing I really liked was that in a world like that, especially if you're young, I feel like finding things would be really exciting. You know, finding a tape or a, a, a Walkman or a comic book. I feel like things like that would really like make your, your year. Mm. Like, oh my God, I, we have nothing and I found a comic book. That's incredible. Uh, I like that that was like exciting. I loved Apple. I found her a little oh, annoying first God. time I saw the so... movie, but she just like really grew on me. Yeah. She was kind of, I feel like the girl who played her would have been a great low budget Harley Quinn. Mm. Um, I like her saying bye to her dead friend. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> her how excited she was when she got her gnome stick and was practicing with it Mm -hmm. and probably one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie is apple teaching him how to fight oh yeah when she just like tells him what to do and it's just like eyes eyes, throat throat, groin (laughs) it just walks away (laughs) so funny um great use of nostalgia as you mentioned in this movie like the viewfinder thing i had one of those viewfinder things that they had in the movie um Apple having the hearts for power was was great. Mm. 
and, and much like Tatan, this was another movie about found family in a lot of ways. He lost his family, retreated to solitude for protection, yeah. focusing on possessions instead of people. And mm-hmm. then Apple came in and, and kind of disturbed that, which I don't know if it was persf- purposefully subtextual that she's also not a living thing completely either. But I don't know. Either way, I definitely picked up on some like themes in this movie that you would think is otherwise just, you know, goofy schlock. Right. If you don't pay more attention, I think it's pretty clear that there's themes. Um, love the cartoonish gore. Um, I, there's a great shot when Fred loses his hand and the blood is shooting out, yes. but the, you can still see his face through the blood yeah. every time it shoots out. It's a really cool shot. It is. The, yeah, the gore was great. Uh, I liked Fred a lot. Um, I love whenever they show the buzzsaw skull guy, I think Skeletron was his Skeletron, name. Skeletron, yeah. They would always do this slow zoom on him, on his face, just to make him like, it just made him really ominous. I really like that. I love the umbrella death with romantic <laughs> raining blood. <laughs> I thought that was, again, shockingly sweet mm-hmm. for this bizarre movie. And I, I love the ending of this movie, that specific song, uh, Tequila Sunrise, that plays at the end while they're like, you know, go see the rest of the wasteland or whatever. I just think it's like it's a surprisingly serious, hopeful and sweet ending and it works really well. And I, I, I just, yeah, I fucking love this movie. It's great. It is. This movie like makes me happy. It's a it's a it's like a feel good movie for me. Absolutely. Do you guys have any honorable mentions or, or things that you had mixed emotions about, sometimes known as the cronies in honor of the director, David Cronenberg? I had the cronies when the um, gentleman's um, intestines were getting pulled out of his <laughs> uh, stomach. Uh. By the yeah. bike. Um, uh, that guy that I refer to as Frank Azaria. <laughs> <laughs> First time I saw this, I was like, is that fucking Hank Azaria? What the fuck is he doing here? I'm like, no, it's 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 his. It's Romano Orzari. Yeah, his French Canadian equivalent. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, where to begin? <laughs> There's like, I know, right? I mean, I love the Turbo General. Like when you, when you, when the, the kid finds, you know, the, the armor and, you know, you get oh, the tur- turbo rider. Yeah. Yeah. And you've, and you've, and you see, you know, the general who gives us that exposition of, you know, yeah. Uh, I mean, I love that guy. I just love the whole, I mean, they can't, the VHS quality of it, you know, the four by it's So yeah. I guess I'll go with that'll be my honorable mention in terms of like nailing the aesthetic really well. Uh, I have several. Uh, <laughs> I love the pop song from his original bike ride morphing into the song he's listening to on the headphones. That was great. Um, I like the the guy that Fred arm wrestled who looks kind of like the Kurgan. No. Oh. <laughs> you guys <laughs> yeah. catch that guy? Hmm. Um, I believe there's a blink and you miss it. You could miss it cameo from the direct from Jason Eisner, the director of Hobo with the Shotgun. Um, who he gets killed in the the first like pool battle scene when Turbo Kid shows up. Oh, um, and he is credited as Cook oh. in the movie. Um, I love when the guy is killed while peeing and his stream goes up. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, that was my that was... favorite death. Oh, hey, 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 hey! Uh, sorry to jump in, fellas. Uh, can I offer you guys interested in a tropical sunrise margarita? Uh. I, I think I'm okay. What about you guys? No, no, I'm good. Sure. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, great. Yeah, okay. Uh, how about a gray and coconut margarita? Elliot, we're busy. 
Uh oh. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Just one more thing before I get El Nino Margarita. <laughs> no? Okay. We're okay, good. Bye. Thank you. Yeah. I just won't. He means well. I know. Ugh. I like the transition from Skeletron guys, uh, Buzzsaw zooming into the flashback of the bike wheel spinning around. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That was a great transition. Yeah. yeah. Um, the effects for his turbo blaster are great and seem to look purposely cell animated looking. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole concept of using bodies to create water was. <laughs> I, I, wild i just love that that was so it's like some tank girl yeah 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 that was cool um <laughs> the as you mentioned i had kind of cronies about the guts tied to the bike um <sighs> i also the fact that frank gave him up right away <laughs> he yeah. did it like he didn't hold out for a second and then they still do it to him anyway because they put so much effort into setting it up that was crazy. And I also loved the hammer chucks that one of the mm. bad guys had at the end. Oh, yeah. Like the hammer nunchucks. Th- those were pretty mm-hmm. sweet. Do I, I know one of you already mentioned this. Do you guys have a favorite death scene? Yeah, I mean, the one where the guy's peeing and then you know, <laughs> falls over. and Yeah, that's pretty great. For, for me, it's a tie between the guy getting his jaw yanked off. Oh, yeah. And then getting stabbed with it. Yeah, he stand with it. Uh, and the other one being, uh, I believe, in the swimming pool fight where that dude's top of the quarter of the guy's head gets sliced, but spins around. Oh, oh my yeah. god, I forgot about that. That was so good. <laughs> so many good ones. I know. That's I had I trouble like. keeping track. Yeah, those are good. Um, I'm fond of the the guys who are all like halved being in a giant stack on top of each other and there's the poor guy at the bottom like flailing around with all these bodies stacked on top of him Mm -hmm. but i think my favorite for some reason is um when the kid takes out his giant knife and does eyes throat genitals but with the knife and the (laughs) the head is cut like the top of the head flips back and then he cuts his throat and then that part of the head flips back yeah i just it was cool because usually these characters don't get to pull off tough guy moments, you know, mm-hmm. like you'd expect him to, I feel like the audience kind of expected him, the kid to fuck that up, but instead he just like eviscerated this guy and it just yeah. surprised <laughs> me and was kind of funny at the same time. Uh, so I think that's probably my favorite one, but there's so many good ones. So many. Was there anything you didn't like about Turbo Kid? Was there anything that confused you? Yeah, it ended. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah, not really. I mean, yeah. I think the only thing that, that could bum me out is if they ever made a sequel. Because mm. I think it's wonderful on its own. Yeah. And if they do make a sequel, make it about other people. A sequel has been in production for several years. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> several years. Movies like this, it's hard to make sequels to things. Yeah. It, it's a process, but it, it's listed as currently in production, supposedly. Wow. Um, yeah. We'll see. I mean, to me, I'm capable of ignoring a sequel if it's not that great. But if it's yeah. even like, you know, 75% as good as this one, I would be a happy man. For sure. I mean, I I will give it a chance. But a little part of me is a bit like, oh, I, I, I completely understand why you'd want to make a sequel if I was the, you know. Yeah. Oof. I'll give it a shot, man. I'll give it a shot. But Tough act to follow. 
Yeah, for real. Yeah, I mean, there's not really anything I didn't like. I was going to say I'm upset that the sequel hasn't come out yet, but um, <laughs> I don't think I really didn't, fair. didn't like. Um, I will say, especially since I've spent so much time listening to the soundtrack cent- separately, is that I love the music so much that it's kind of like distracting at some points. And I feel like they had okay. trouble knowing when to not use the music. Mm. You know, there wasn't a lot of silences and sometimes it the music didn't feel perfectly in tone with what was happening. But I feel like that's probably like the directors were like, the soundtrack is so good. Like, how do we not use it? Yeah. Other than the uh, bike wheel transition, most of the flashback transitions were flashback transitions were a little tough. Sometimes it was a little hard to know that they were going to a flashback. But, you know, that's that's a minor gripe. Uh, I'm sure that bike chases are hard to shoot and edit but I wish they did a slightly better job with some of those bike chases. <laughs> Just because it was hard to feel like they kept doing quick cuts to try and get you to feel like the the energy of it, but it, it I don't think it worked completely. Um, okay. I'm confused about those dinosaurs in the robot graveyard. Yeah. I forgot about them. Maybe it was just supposed to be like mutants other fantastical elements i I don't know i I, just trash i guess i don't know i i'm i'm confused about that i i don't know if they were trying to like i I feel like there's because this movie's so wacky they could have been saying so many different things it could have been saying that they were robot dinosaurs it could have been that there was supposed to be an old uh like attraction that had fake dinosaurs in it like an old amusement park or something or it could be that it was supposed to be like an old tar pit that dried up and somehow these dinosaurs are perfectly preserved. I, I would put nothing past this movie. Right. But it's, it's a question that confuses me a little bit every time I see it. We'll have to just wait for the sequel, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All of our questions will be answered. I hope so. All right. Um, would you give any random aesthetic choices in Turbo Kid a breaky award in honor of the Windbreakers in the Neil Blomkamp movie Demonic? I mean, that's a hard one. It is a very visual movie. Um, I kind of, um, I mean, Apple's outfit kind of reminded me of Rainbow Bright and something about yeah. that. <laughs> yep. was, um, In- I I'm know, sure it's intentional. Yeah. Alluring to me, so to speak. So, yep. um, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's my breaky. My breaky is going to go to... I think she's credited as female oh what female guard the girl oh, with yeah, the purple mohawk cool. yeah the yeah. girl with the purple mohawk uh the actress is orfea lettuce and win shout out to her she pulled off that look and that character amazingly yeah um that's a solid choice um i liked michael ironsides or zeus's uh like stone mask Oh yeah, that was a good helmet. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. pretty cool. I I liked the Kurgan guy's arm wrestler helmet, you know, with the teeth and the and the skull and everything. That was cool. Mm. Uh I really liked the Turbo Rider poster that the kid has in his in his like uh shelter or whatever. Yeah. But bunker. I think in the end I'd have to give it to Turbo Kid's costume. Uh just okay. the, the red and the yellow and all those like yellow red and orange stripes that's a that's like a weird i feel like that's a very 80s thing that was on a lot of things that i still to this day have a very fond 
uh, association of is those red and like orange yellow stripes pattern mm-hmm. things that's like a thing for me um so i i thought he looked cool and the the turbo glove i thought looked awesome even though it looks in kind of cheap in close-up shots yeah i still thought it was sure. amazing yeah but it's like what we all when, we're gonna date ourselves here when the nintendo power yeah. glove <laughs> was out that's what we would kind of imagine it could do i i know and that's i that's why I think it's it was like a perfect mix between what you thought a power glove could do and the Mega Blaster. It was yeah, just right. It was just all that combined, and it was just such a gift to people in our rough age group. Um, Heck yeah, that's yeah, it. It's great. But yeah, I, lo- I love I love Turbo Kid's costume. It's great, and it, you can tell that they made it with like a lot of like random items and painted it and everything. It's it's pretty great. Finally, would you recommend Turbo Kid? Absolutely. To the yes. (laughs) Yeah. You'd be a fool not to watch it. Yeah. Everybody go out and watch it right now. It's on Tubi. For the love of God, it's on Tubi. Go watch it. I know. It's a fun, goofy movie. It's just fun. (laughs) It's goofy. Right. It's goofy in a good way. I know. It's it's good goofy. It's good goofy. Like goofy in the goofy movie. Um, Hold up a sec. I will say, if you have to... Kung Kung Fury came out the same year as Turbo Kid. Yeah, Turbo Kid I think did it better. I I agree. So if you have a choice between one or the other, please please go with Turbo Kid. That's, That's saying, my recommendation. There's nothing wrong with Kung Fury. Nothing whatsoever. wrong with it. But Turbo Kid nails the '80s pastiche perfectly. Right, and I think there's like there's legitimately more of like a story here. Like your the characters are fuller. There's mm-hmm. more feelies involved than I would say in, in Kong Fury, which was purposeful. He's supposed to be the stereotypical, um, yeah. you know, emotionless hero type character. Yeah. But, a shallow action movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I would say if you want a good double feature, these are They're, two, sure. two fantastic, yeah. fantastic double good. feature. And, and obviously, anyone listening to this, if you're not, if you're younger than us, if you weren't born in the 80s, you might not get a lot of this movie. So no, you'll still like it, I think. I would hope so. If you like silliness and wacky, daring movies, you know, if you if you're looking for a movie that has a lot of the things you'd expect from mainstream blockbusters, but with none of the reservations and none of the, you know, stick up your buttness of of the average <laughs> mainstream blockbuster movie, I'd say this is a really good palate cleanser for that kind of stuff. Do you know what movie this? movie reminded me of and made me want to watch what invaders from mars really? i don't know if i've ever seen that believe it or wow. not wow i've seen a movie that you haven't seen yeah. it's the movie <laughs> I, alex i think you have seen it it's karen uh, black is in it i'm not sure why i oh, remember it's a toby that hooper movie that's right. toby hooper i think you have seen this alex there's a very good chance you have seen it well either way i'm dead oh I've, I've seen the effects from it yes yeah they are <laughs> But I, I honestly don't know if I've seen this. Maybe we should, uh, maybe we should put them put it on add the it list. to the list. All right. Uh, so let's change things up real quick and take a few questions from the audience. Anyone got any questions about Turbo Kid? Oh, uh, my agent Tony Fashido has a question. Uh, what's your question, Tony? So, um, who is the uh, Turbo Kid they keep bragging about? What? I just mean, there's all this talk about a turbo kid, and I have no idea who that's supposed to be. He, he, he was the main character, the kid, with the, with, the, with the bike and the turbo glove and stuff. <laughs> I don't remember any of that. 
the magic of motion pictures. Thanks. Thanks for coming, Tony. Uh, let's see. Who else has a question? Yeah, that guy who looks like he's asleep with his shirt unbuttoned. Oh, whoops. Sorry, Quado. Didn't see you there. No worries. <laughs> Quado is used to it. I was wondering if you knew that the villain in this movie, Michael Ironside, also played one of the villains in my movie, the 1990 sci-fi classic, Total Recall. Uh, yeah, Quato. We did know that. We love Total Recall. Did you also know that I asked old Ironside to get me an audition for Turbo Kid? I wanted to play Apple. I thought that a friendship between me and the kid would warm the French-Canadian hearts of French Canada. <laughs> but instead... They offered me the part of the creepy rat thing that the kid kills in the beginning of the movie. I did film a few days as the rat, but they didn't like my decision to not let the kid kill me, and instead improv a whole thing about being his new best friend, Turbo Quado. I even suggested they change the name to the movie to Quado Kid, and I ride on the front of his bike like E.T., but they pointed out that I'd have a whole adult man attached to me. Um, sorry, like, Quado. Hey, we're running low on time, so I'm gonna try and get a few other questions here. Love you, buddy. And they were like, where will we put the guy, Quado? And I was like... In the basket. I, I see someone raising their hand here. Uh, what's your question? Stay in the law. Yeah, yeah, nineteen ninety-five Judge Shred. We know you're the law. Thank you. I am the law. Uh, anyone else? Hey guys, can I offer you dessert like a chocolate empanada or blueberry <laughs> empanada or molten chocolate cake? Ooh, Alex, how about a how about a skillet chocolate chip cookie? What do you guys think? No, Elliot, Elliot. We mean questions about the movie we watched, Turbo Kid. Oh, uh, I don't know, fellas. I guess uh, if you were a character in Turbo Kid, uh, what would you want for dessert? I mean, you, you got so many to pick from. If you want, I mean, you could go with a cheesecake. You could go with an apple empanada, or you could go with a chocolate empanada, or a blueberry uh, uh, empanada. All right. I mean, there's so many. Okay, that that's enough. Thank you. That's enough questions. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> The sound of Jim Carrey saying one of his great lines from Batman Forever means we are out of time. We'll be back next Monday with a new episode, assuming our intestines aren't tied to the end of a stationary bike by a madman before then. If you have any questions for me, Matt, or Tim, you can reach us through our email, aiptmoviespod at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter at aiptmoviespod. If you like this podcast or any of the other great podcasts, articles, or features on AIPT, you can help support the site and the people who work on it by signing up for a Patreon at patreon.com slash AIPTcomics. Speaking of that pesky uh, old money thing, uh, here's the bill for everyone's food and drinks. What? No way, man. We weren't paying for everyone who told you that. My green suit doesn't even have pockets. Yeah, I didn't even bring any money. I only brought pictures of the front and back of Alex's credit card. No one told me you were paying up. I made that decision on my own. Why? Why would you do this to us, Ellis? It's Elliot. Elliot. Elliot, after all the times we mostly tipped you. Uh, I don't know. 
why you keep calling me Elliot? Probably because my performance and prosthetic makeup was so perfect. You believed I was the person I've been pretending to be for the last several hours. Wilson Montanero. My arch nemesis and fellow suit actor, which I say with sarcastic quotation marks. Yes, tis I, you pathetic excuse for a man with pathetic excuses. Let us follow the rules of saga. The Suit Actors Guild of America in duel with our impossibly hidden swords. I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish you, Wilson, and then I'm gonna finish my chicken crispers. <clears throat> Sorry, those chicken crispers really aren't sitting right. And guard. Uh, well, thanks for listening to our special live episode, and thanks to Chili's for putting up with us. I hope Wilson didn't kill the real Elliot or anything. Anyway, uh, thanks again, and don't forget, it's okay to love movies. They may not be able to love you back, but they'll always be there for you. Bye. I'll have your head, Wilson!